I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Are you Tony Stank? Don't get technical with me. She needs to sort out her priorities. That's no moon. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Welcome to the A Plus Z Movie Review Podcast. I'm the A, that stands for Alex. And I'm the Z, that stands for Zach. And uh, we, uh, we, uh... Spoiler alert. We saw the movie, spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Uh, This is going to be one of our more interesting talk-throughs because uh, it's a a heavy one, uh, and... uh, I don't even know if we can go like plot wise with it. It's it's going to be interesting to to talk about because I think it is just I don't know I don't know where it stands in terms of like awards. I don't know if it'll get that high. It's not as big as like a blockbuster either, but it's it it's a great little movie and uh, can't wait to talk about it. But before we talk about it, Alex, people got to know where where they can find us, where they can see the reviews that this review podcast spun out from. So yeah, yeah, where, where we, can you find uh, those? We are based on Instagram at a.z underscore movie review and also on Twitter at a underscore z underscore movie review. Yeah, you can make sure to follow those. It's going to be a busy time as we get into. We're considering joining Be Real as well. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Because I'm just kidding. We, okay. we probably will. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be a busy time for us uh, as award season comes through as Avatar season hits. You ready for the way of the water? Let me make this as explicitly clear as I can. Yes. No. Great. (laughs) Well, if you're not ready for the blue people in Avatar, you got your, your fill of blue people in spoiler alert. What does that mean? Oh, blue like emotion. Get out well, of here. Blue like emotionally. Blue as in Smurfs. Spoilers, dear. Spoilers for spoiler alert. <laughs> Smurfs play. A- for, Smurfs are involved. Yeah. I, if anyone's seen the trailer for this, they know that. But. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> a very sad movie. Uh, you knew much more about this than I did. I had seen the trailer maybe once or twice. But you were more familiar with the, because it's based on a true story. You I were did. I was on the writer, right? I was very eager to see this movie only because I know of the. I don't want to say main character. One of the main, the Jim Parsons character, the narrator, the, yeah. the point of view character. His so this movie was based on a. I don't know what you. I mean, it was a book, but a memoir. A memoir. I think that's yep. what we would call it. Um. Written by a television journalist named Michael Osiello. I was introduced to Michael Osiello through a podcast uh, called Gilmore Guys, where it was two dudes covering. <laughs> really? Really? What? You'd, the eye roll. It was no, like, that wasn't an eye roll. It was a, oh, yeah, because they mentioned Gilmore Girls in this movie. Yes. So, so Michael Osiello was. Um, very involved in covering that show for whatever publication. He's even featured in season seven for like a hot second. 
He's also in the revival. But yeah, he was very connected to Gilmore Girls. So the Gilmore Guys podcast brought him on to talk about an episode, talk about his time on the show, his relationships with the cast and and creator and all that stuff. Um, And that's how I discovered him. And I just found him incredibly personable and relatable, which I learned. (laughs) Maybe I relate to him a little bit more than I expected to in some ways. Um, through this movie, but I I thought he was in, an interesting person. I appreciated his time on the Gilmore Guys podcast. So I followed him on Instagram and learned this story about this relationship that he had with this guy that didn't end well. And then I, I literally remember seeing that he was writing a memoir. And then I remember when the memoir got you know, turned into movie rights or however that works. And then Jim Parsons bought the movie rights. And I saw the whole process on Instagram of this movie being made, the casting decisions, everything, like the whole, the whole thing. Haven't read the memoir, which is probably not great on my end, but I was very involved in this whole storytelling process. Not like personally involved, but but invested. I was invested and and so I was very eager to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it surprised me, like just things I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, it's. Uh... What did you think? I mean, I so I was invested. I, I kind of felt like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to enjoy this. But you kind of not being as neck deep in in all of it. How did you how did you like the movie? Well, it looked to. To be completely frank, uh, I had seen the trailer and I was just kind of like, hmm, "That's nice." <laughs> it, it like, and then the, uh, yesterday when you said, "Hey, can we go to a movie tomorrow?" I said, "Yeah, sure." Because in my head, I'm like, "Oh, we've got so many things to watch. There's this, you know, Fablemans or the menu or wow, all these things we've been talking about." And you're like, "Okay, oh, yeah, I want to see spoiler," and I was like, "Okay," <laughs> just kind of kind of held my tongue and said. Fine. This is what you there want to There was one time where I wanted to go see a movie and you were like, no, I want to see Black Adam. So we did. Yeah. And we saw the, we saw the, we saw bros eventually. Yeah. But this was like me playing my card of like, we're oh, going is, to, we're going to see this movie. Is that what sorry. that was? No, not sorry. sorry, actually. Um, but yeah, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going because you want to go. And, uh, I did remember that once you mentioned it, I was like, okay, I remember the trailer. Yeah. All right. Um, and I got to say, I was very impressed by the whole thing. It's, it's extremely affecting. Like, very emotional. Personally, I haven't had to deal with uh, any close losses or cancer battles necessarily. Uh, not to this degree, at least. Um, you know, the only ones I know are, are, you know, small skin cancer, very easily treatable. Things, things that don't end up. Uh, as this this movie does, yeah. Um, the the name of the memoir mm-hmm. is called "Spoiler Alert: The Hero Dies." Right. So you you know going in, and they they play with that, yeah. Right? Like they yeah, open yeah. the movie with the begin with the end to like sort say of, yeah, like so spoiler maybe alert, brief synopsis. <laughs> so yeah, brief synopsis. Uh, I, this is what the brief synopsis is. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Writer Ma- Michael Osiello, uh, played by Jim Parsons, embarks on a roller coaster ride of emotions. When his partner, played by Ben Aldridge, uh, gets diagnosed with terminal cancer. And it, you just sort of, as it says, ride the roller coaster. You see 
this relationship build and develop and become something serious, not so serious. They have their own relationship troubles. Then the cancer comes in. You're talking about meeting the parents, coming out of the closet, all this sort of stuff. And it's woven together very beautifully in building, building up the like if there if there wasn't the oh I know these people are gonna die or one of these people is gonna die of cancer at the end of it yeah it would still be a very good romance movie yeah. of of two gay men coming together and, and living their building relationship living their lives um and it's I I it's not a one to one comparison because of the the way they tackle the subject matter is different but I did in my head I was comparing it to Bros a little bit yeah. Just because it's familiar. Um, and I thought that this did a much better job of portraying like a relationship. Yeah, in, I agree with that. Ways. It felt insanely more real. Like we were yeah. we were observing real people in a relationship. I mean, it's ironic to say that because it is based on real people. Yeah. And Michael Osiello was heavily involved in the production of of this. So he was able to bring that authenticity. But with bros, everybody kind of felt like a character. Sure. It was a little too, like, much, whereas this was very, very rooted in, in down-to-earth in that regard. It, like you said, authentic. I think yes. that's what I would say about this, is it's... you. That's why it's like... it's. I, I don't... When we go to talk about it, I don't necessarily want to go through, like, a point-by-point -point plot discussion, because I don't feel like this... You, you can't do that with this movie. This is just somebody's life. Yeah. Like, there isn't, like, a, a storyline going through. You're just experiencing their their lives and i thought that was uh beautifully put together beautifully portrayed and like i said it was very affecting as i was leading into somebody i haven't had that sort of loss or in my life but i was i was crying along with everybody else by the end of the movie just because it's like i've grown to like these two people and they've yeah. done a very good job of making me like these people that when you get to the end you feel you totally feel feel for them very affecting very authentic i uh i thought it was great i really did it like i said not like oscar level probably but i thought it was just a wonderful wonderful little movie i think it might sneak in there but it won't win anything it might get like a adapted screenplay nomination i can Maybe. see that as you know coming from a book because uh, i do i just think it's very well very well uh crafted yeah you know very very good and uh, you know on top of that uh, well, well, I'll hold that for a second. What did What did you think? Oh, I thought it was great. I'm. I mean, like I said, I think I went into it knowing that I would like it. Um, I just wanted to spend so much more time with with these characters, yeah. you know, with these people, and just be there for every every day of it. And and you absolutely do feel things in this in this movie it's told very eloquently you know it it's not there's there are some funny moments but they're not like punchline it's, it's, it's not right it's not like a bros it's kind of like a line, situational like thing like <laughs> it's life it's it's just real life yeah this is how things are in real life yeah, I I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, Michael Showalter was the director. Yes, and uh, I thought he did a wonderful job. I thought Jim Parsons was very good. That's what I was gonna bring I up. I think yeah. he was a very good portrayal of of Michael Osiello. I loved the guy that played um, his partner, whose name is Kit. Mm -hmm. um, ben, ben Aldridge. Aldridge. Yep. That guy needs 
needs to like rocket to superstardom. He was great. He was just yeah. He just came off as like so cool, and I was like, I want to know that person. Yeah, I, I want to be friends with that person. Looking him up right now, I I I kept looking at his face. I'm like, he reminds me of somebody else, and. It, it, the timeline wasn't working right in my head because I'm like, he reminds me of whoever the actor is that played Doctor Doom in the original Fantastic Four. Ooh, Just, that's incorrect. His facial structure was similar to me, and now that I've looked him up, it's like, uh, well, obviously he he would have been much too old. Uh, he he's nobody that you would know. He played Thomas Wayne in Pennyworth, so Bruce Wayne's dad in the Alfred uh, spinoff show. He was tagged as arsehole guy in Fleabag. Which we haven't watched yet. Um, Is that the Amazon Prime show? Yeah, that's Phoebe Waller Bridge. I've seen a couple episodes of that. It yeah. was not my favorite. Meh. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I thought every actor was was great. Even oh, even my beloved kid- Sally Field. Oh, yes. I love her so much. America's mom. I cannot believe they made her run in a field. Like, I just wanted to be like, no, get this woman a chair and like a well, She water. kept complaining about her knees. And I just, <laughs> oh, I loved her. Yeah. She was great as the mom, as, uh, as Kit's mom. Yes. Because Michael's parents are uh, passed by the time the, the story takes place. Um, Bill Irwin was uh, his dad. He's, a, he's an actor that like you see his face and you, you've seen him in things before. He's a, a character actor. Um. Uh, it's funny that after that, the next highest credited person is uh Anthony from uh. All things just keep getting Queer better. Eye, yeah, who he play, was good. Plays a very small role, but he was he was fine in his role. Uh, and then all the friends are people that you would have never heard of, probably. Um. But yeah, I think uh, you know I don't I don't want to get too far into you know the uh, emotions of it all, but I I think. Uh, there, there's things to talk about for sure. But um, any, any final thought before we get to deeper in this thing? I can always appreciate someone who just has an affinity for Diet Coke the way I do. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I figured that was <laughs> on, on, on point for you, on brand. Michael Osiello in like every other scene either requests or has yeah. or whatever if there's a scene where he's drinking if it's not wine it's a diet coke and i i related to that very very much <laughs> yeah so uh yeah a, a high recommendation from both of us if you mm-hmm. have the time um very very good uh well we'll uh we'll take a quick second and uh and dive deeper on spoiler alert merry christmas you're staring at me yes I love, love you. Ugh. What the hell? Oh, that was my line. Well, you hesitated. You said no, you lose. I did not hesitate. I was giving the words room to breathe. We'll let the record show. I said it first. So let's get into some uh, finer discussion points from the movie. Like I said, I, I don't know if going through it narratively is kind of odd, but I mean, we could start at the beginning where I think it's um, a very good way to open a movie called Spoiler Alert, where you open with them lying on uh, Kit's deathbed, them being uh, Michael and Kit. Because um, then you're, as you're seeing the relationship grow, you know that it has this tragic ending. Yeah. And you're kind of just waiting for, okay, when did they find out? When did they find out? This is going to be, and the more and more that you're learning, like, oh, they're great. This is fun. This is amazing for them. 
this is going to be even the more painful when it happens. And that's, and, and as you go along, you kind of feel that emotion of, I understand why this deserved to be a movie. If it was just about the relationship, it wouldn't necessarily be anything, but like, this is a tragic love story of, of all time. I sort was of thing. also like the medical bit of it all alluded to one of the better jokes in that, like they show kit in the hospital and the narrator's like, this isn't that. <laughs> yeah because he had like appendicitis or something yeah 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 (laughs) yeah i agree i think it it helps setting the bar i mean if you go into it knowing nothing then yeah and i feel like that's it's kind of a clever title because michael is a tv writer Mm -hmm. and it you know spoiler culture with everything happening now it it was a nice tie-in um and just the whole the whole portrayal of all of it was so good i remember sitting there thinking well the one of the scenes the early scenes is their first date mm-hmm. after they've met and we've established that michael works at tv guide which was actually very interesting to me because i'm a big tv fan yep and he got our got our gilmore girls reference in there Dr. gilmore girls um who's roar who's that kill that guy um if you how are you the editor of tv guide and not know like freaking gilmore girls the seriously characters on gilmore girls i mean not even the characters just get, we're just getting sidetracked so they <laughs> show their first important. date and i i just remember sitting there thinking this is like it, i don't want to keep using this word but it just feels so authentic like i've never i haven't seen first date portrayal like that that just felt so like natural and Uh normal right the it was such a great way because they they don't like show you like oh this is super awkward they just sort of cut multiple times throughout the dinner and what do you do on a first date you do try to do as much of a download of each other as you can yeah you just talk your parents your what you're into you know where'd you go to school (laughs) what's your job all that sort of stuff yeah yeah i thought that was Again, like comparing that to, I don't, I it's, maybe it's not fair to do this just because they both happen to be about gay romances, um, and they came out months apart. But like when you compare it to Bros, where it's so more ham-fisted and super awkward, and and maybe that's just telling a different side of of relationships sure. too. But I, when it came to like showing a successful relationship, I guess this one shows like, oh yeah, this is. Yeah. These are people that have a spark. They're not just like infatuated with each other. There's there's something that I not to call back to Gilmore Girls, but there's a there's an element to it that you actually don't like where there's always some kind of quickie quippy oh, they talk too quick. response. Nobody like, would talk like that immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And there isn't like there's like like you said, nobody would talk like that. Cartoon characters is but what I always call them. You don't get that here. Here's a two, here's a scene where two characters are literally just talking to each other and it was so So effortless and natural yes it was so good and and just to see how it all blossoms from there Mm -hmm. we we get the moment where they go back to kit's apartment and attempt to hook up it doesn't go well but it doesn't it's not awkward and painful it's not trying to make a joke out of it yeah like or some characterized just like not characters a dramatization oh you're not into me anymore oh a boner joke it was just like that it was 
just as we keep saying it natural and real and authentic like yes this is how this stuff happens yeah like people aren't comfortable or they're not ready or they have insecurities and they talk through them and then they just yeah if you're truly into somebody you just sort of work through it and and you become comfortable with each other and that's Mm -hmm. what the that's what this movie did early on in the relationship is show how comfortable they were with each other and yeah and you find that out very early yeah especially in that scene where michael talks about how he was a ffk and that's why he has these insecurities about taking his clothes off in front of other people. Yeah. Former fat kid. Correct. Um, that's a very real thing. Yep. And we're going deep, like real quick. Yep. And then we pivot to, you know, their next date yep. at something where he's Michael's meeting Kit's friends and sort of, you know, passing the test, so to say. Yeah. Like, I, I think that is, I think it, they said that was the third date. And I like that they do that. Because I think they do a very good job of we're not seeing every single time they see each other. Yeah. And you're not like going six months apart. It was a very good pacing out of this stuff to, again, show that natural progression where you're not in every single moment, but you're also not missing things. It was very a, a great progression of seeing this, you know, hit, hitting those milestones. Yeah. You go you go out together. You meet the friends. You go back to your place. You go back to the other person's place. Yeah. I think. So being a TV person that Michael is, mm-hmm. he, so the real Michael Asiello spent some time on his Instagram sharing like a bunch of childhood memories that he did, including starting his own fan clubs for soap operas and writing his own, <laughs> writing his own soap operas. Like we see a portrayal in the movie of his family yeah, in a sitcom, flashbacks. which was yeah. honestly, I kind of like didn't need. I I sort of understood why it was there, but one by the time we got to the end, it was sort of like, why, like yes, you're looking back on your childhood fondly, and you're looking back on it through the lens of because he, you know, he lost his mom and his dad at early age. I, you know, it seemed like he was really close with his mom, and you kind of look back on that fondly through. The thing that they enjoyed together, which was the TV shows. And yeah. so that's just how the, that setup is, is in the movie. And it's, I thought it was interesting and I was ready for it to like sort of link back. And I guess it kind of does at the very end because the whole idea is like you think about yourself in your own TV show. Right. And well, that so comes my, back at the end. My point with that was he's very involved in how things get made. Yeah. And he is an executive producer on it, but he didn't write the screenplay. Mm-hmm. But I think him him being as involved with it as he was kind of helped with all of it. Helped with the authenticity. Helped with the natural feeling of it. Helped with pacing. Helped with just the look of everything. Um, and that it just speaks volumes and goes. It just lends itself to being excellent so yeah we wanted i do also want to touch on what happens after the third date where yes. kit convinces michael to take him to michael's place and we learn the deep dark secret of michael Osiello. which is i want is, your thoughts on this because i knew what was gonna happen it's the, the funniest part <laughs> of the movie probably um and uh and i think to an extent everybody has this 
not to that degree, but like, you know, you're, you're going to bring somebody back for the first time and you, you know, you think, okay, is everything in my apartment right? Is it good? Uh, is there anything that's going to be like a red flag? Uh, you know, like I, I didn't necessarily have like a whole lot of like Star Wars memorabilia around at the time. I really only got more once we started dating. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. You enabler. <laughs> Pardon me? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't uh, hold a gun to your head to spend $200 on a lightsaber. No, but you didn't take it out of my hands. Oh, anyway. that's all I have to do? Good no, to know. No, no, good to know. Thank no, you. No. Um, no, but it's like you, if you're somebody that's into some nerdy things, you think, well, especially in this situation where he's like, he thinks a kid is so cool and somebody so cool and so handsome shouldn't be hanging out with him. This imposter syndrome that he's trying to get over. And so, you know, kid is very insistent. Like, no, 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 let's go back to your place. It's like, all right, we got to, you know, go he, all the way to Jersey City. Kid even gets and... frustrated, like annoyed, irritated, sure. annoyed. As anybody because would. Like, why, wouldn't you, like, why aren't you letting me back? I let you into my apartment. Why can't Michael I go to yours? Michael is standing in front of the door, like doing everything he possibly can not to let this super yeah. cool guy in because it'll just ruin everything because when you open the door it's a smurfs shrine there's walls and it's walls not, and piles of smurf memorabilia it's not too bad in the common room there there's is a massive a statue of papa smurf that but would be a, in the bedroom be is just an explosion the, the bedroom's a bit much the bedroom looked favorite, like a child's bedroom my yeah. favorite fun fact is that every single Smurf in that scene, in, in all of the scenes you see Smurf stuff, those are all real Michael Osiello property. I mean, of all the things to fall in love with, Smurfs are one of them. And he, he gives a backstory why. It, it, again, very plausible. Uh, I, again, as, as somebody that grew up uh, with his mother having disposable income in the early eBay age, Trust me, I understand <laughs> collecting everything you can find on eBay, whether it's Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z figures or Star Wars or whatever. And that's just what the case here with Michael, because uh, this, this does take place in like the early 2000s. But, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and I guess he got into his eBay phase like in the late 90s, early 2000s. Makes sense. Um, but, you know, and that, but that also kind of hits this the first truly big emotional beat of committing to each other where it's like, you know, Hey, we both opened ourselves up to each other and I'm scared about commitment and I'm scared. You're going to go see, you know, go to the guys at the gym and we have to now commit to each other and make this bond even more permanent, more, you know, coalesce it even more. Yeah. That scene, Michael has a very good line of like, cause Kit has just, said like my feelings for you scare me i i'm not you know the best in relationships blah 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 yeah i hooked up with somebody at the gym and then michael i just i just thought this line was so eloquent in that michael is also scared of his feelings for kit saying i'm afraid i'm gonna fall in love with you and you're gonna break my heart yeah which like Woof. I well, mean, and so I think lines like that are interesting because this was something I wanted to to bring up in regards to Jim Parsons as like an actual actor. Um, most everybody knows Jim Parsons as Sheldon on Big Bazinga. Bang Theory, Bazinga, super nerd, etc. 
he could have very easily been, uh, you know, Matt LeBlanc in life where you're just like <laughs> the quirky character on the sitcom and that's all you're ever going to be. Yeah. You're never going to be like a lead a dramatic actor. actor yeah. Of sorts. So I was, you know, he's, and I, know, I know Jim Parsons has been in some other more serious things. He did that Hollywood land, uh, on Netflix. Is that what that was called? I believe so. Yeah. Um, and oh god he was in something else some other some other some other again more dramatic roles and maybe that was to try to hard pivot away from that and but to me it was always the thing of is he really a lead actor like come on he's the 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 wispy guy from uh big bang theory he's not going to be somebody that could like be the center of a full dramatic emotional movie and like we said at the beginning, I thought he was fantastic. And I think scenes like that are a real shine for him because he could have been. Yeah, he is. The movie could have suffered for his lack of strength. He is kind of quirky and like fidgety and quiet and whatever. Not like a full Sheldon, but just maybe like a very toned down Sheldon. Yeah. A a realistic. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, But you don't, I mean, all of that washes away mm-hmm. in those, in those deep moments. Um, He's a real person. Yeah. And you can, and you can feel that. And I think he does a great job of, mm-hmm. of leading this movie. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, after, I mean, th- then the sort of, we just get a lot of good relationship stuff from there. Yeah. Well, we um, also meet the parents. Yeah. And are, are great. The interesting yeah. thing, I think they show this in the trailer, is that Kit is, you know, a fully functional adult in the early 2000s and has not come out to his parents yet. Wait, before we go on to the, the rest of that, you mentioned the time period. Aside from the camera that they use, <laughs> is there anything that tells you that this is the 2000s? Other than just, yeah. hey, look, here's a camera. Yeah, there was a... I, I pointed it out, but I don't think you heard me. Um, they go into it must be Kit's room, but there's there is an old Mac desktop. Yeah, it's where it's like a dome with like yeah. a stick coming out I and guess then the I, monitor. But I was thinking of more like the settings and the clothes. I don't know, maybe it, maybe I'm just overthinking it, but no, yeah, no, there was nothing like. The only thing that I mean, stood oh, out well, to me was the camera. Oh, um, Michael uses a flip phone yes. at the hospital. <laughs> yeah, he does. That's right. Um, it's very minor, and I, I almost like don't hate it. It kind of gives it like a this could have this could be happening now. Yeah, it's definitely not happening in the eighties. Yeah, it's not, it, the, it's not the nineties. It's not like a like a completely timeless thing, but it has this. Yeah, it can it can age well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as you were saying, the his parents are coming over. He hasn't come out yet. And there's a, a bit of a scramble to uh, make the house ready. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I, it, it just seems like when when you have a movie about a gay romance, this is like a required thing. Uh, the, the coming out. We saw it again in bros uh, with uh, Luke McFarlane's character. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I thought this was done well, but it's also a frustrating thing of like, this wasn't actually a point of conflict because the parents are just so accepting right away. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's very nice. 
But it's also like, I, I know this was just part of their real life story, so you have to put it in there. But that's something that if like, if this was fictional, I would say don't even bother. Just make the parents know mm-hmm. already. Because, you know, it's uh, it clearly, again, an emotional moment for them to, to share and important in that way. But it was also just like, it never really had any bearing on the larger story. I think they were uh, ultimately smoothed it over pretty quick. Yeah. I, I mean, you see most of that in the trailer where the dad's like, we're hip. We almost went to Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. it, it, was, it was fine. Honestly, whenever I, I see that now, I just get kind of sad that like people who identify as queer or bi or gay have to have, to have this moment of just being like, of yeah. coming out, they can't just like be. Well, and for the movie's sake, this was this part took place in something like two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah. So, not, not that long not, ago, but long enough ago where it was still something that wasn't as open. For yeah, some. it wasn't as yeah. Um, but I liked it. It was it was fine. Yeah. Um. And I just. I'll say it again. I love Sally Field. <laughs> so happy to have her around. Um, yeah, and uh, again, from there, it's just uh, the relationship is good. You know, it's 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 very loving. You're just kind of it, it was. It wasn't even a thing where I was like bored. Oh, here they go. They're just having fun. It's just it was. Yeah, it everything was, was just very nice. It was it was a pleasant watch from this point. And they 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 a lot of it centers around Christmas time. And you yes. see their first Christmas together, which is, you know, delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of fast forward to like 12 Christmases from then or 10 Christmases from then. Yeah. And this is the part that kind of surprised me because everything I knew about this relationship was just told through real Michael's Instagram. And I just always thought that they were just this happy couple yeah. that just ran out of time. Well, so did that dinner guest. So did that dinner guest. And holy crap, was that a plot twist? Yeah. Uh, where you learn that they, this perfect life has somehow started to come apart because, you know, they've uh, run into some relationship trouble where they're just, they're not happy anymore and they're spending some time apart. They've separated where they're living in different apartments. The diagnosis was that they resent Resented. each other yeah. and they would do well with some time apart. Yeah. They don't not love each other. Right. It just you don't love spending time with each other anymore. So just get some separation, get, get some space and, you know, recharge uh, and, and try to move forward out of that. And it's shortly after that is when we get the, the diagnosis. Right. They right? show, they show everybody at this party dancing and Kit kind of keels, not keels over, but he kind of bends Dances. over and he's just struggling and whatever. And, says that he feels like he's got a golf ball shoved up his ass. Which, look, of all the things that I'm going to take away from this movie, this is one of them, in that I'm, I'm, I'm somebody that has a, a regular system, let's put it that way. Oh, my God. But, every, but any time that I'm, I'm now going to think about this, any time where it's like, dang, you know what, that one hurt a little bit. Is, do I have a problem? Do I need to get scanned? Is there something wrong with my butt? Uh... <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Oh my God. Um, but uh, yeah, he, I mean, there, there's no way to dance around this. He ends up having rectal cancer. Yeah. Um, 
and it's a blow to to the both of them. Uh, but it it it, it ultimately it, draws them back together, right? Yeah, because Michael isn't gonna let Kit go through this by himself. Even Kit's trying to be stubborn and try to push through it all. Yeah, um, he's like very dismissive. Like it's probably nothing, or hey, it's a something something tumor. Don't Google it. I'm not blah blah blah. Yeah. Trying to be cool, Kit. Yeah, not not whatever and it's like no no this is like the big c word what are you doing yeah but that's but that's a way people handle these things too like there are some people that would rather just never know see i'm the michael in that situation i'm like oh yeah i'm i'm googling i'm calling everybody i know for anything like what what are you know like yeah yeah no it's it's one of those it's just one of those things where some people would rather never know and just die in their sleep and and just kind of live like and even once you see the especially once you see later in the movie and people have experienced this you know all everywhere the pain and suffering that chemotherapy actually is despite it sometimes being a life-saving measure yeah it can just absolutely ravish a person and that was especially some of the more the more devastating moments is, yeah. is like when the hair started to fall out and they show him like side effects of like being sick and you know the moments where he's trying to take a shower and he keels over that's scary shit yeah 100 percent. and it it's one of those things where i understand kit's philosophy it, it may not be mine i thankfully haven't had to think about it yet um but where you see him going through it you kind of see where people say i don't want to have to go through with that because ultimately what is it doing it's buying me more time i'm fine i don't need to know just let me go when I go. I don't want to. I don't want to have to go through all of this to just earn some some extra months or, yeah. or whatever it happens to be. Um, and it's. I mean, I'm telling you, like it's it's easy to kind of talk through now, but when you see when you're in in that movie for what is it? Uh, how what's the runtime here? 112 minutes, a little shy of two hours. Uh, Perfect. It it does a great job of again building you up endearing you to these people and so when you see them start to suffer you're just, it, it just breaks your heart i mean um, extra yeah because you know how it ends yep exactly because you've been waiting the whole time like when when does that shoe drop when are they gonna drop it on us and when they do there's still time left in the movie it's not like oh yeah he got diagnosed and two months later he died it was they show you the entire process of again two people that grew to love each other more than anything else had their rough spot drifted apart but ultimately, their love was so strong mm-hmm. that at the end, they said, no, I'm going to be here for you and we're going to go through this together. Yep. And it was, I mean, it was just, it was beautifully told. It was extremely affecting. Like, I, I know I can be a quick button press on, on the tear uh, thing. Yeah. One, you know, in, in these movies. Yeah. Whereas I don't cry in anything. No, this was, it got me more than a few times because yeah. it's just, again, you just become so yeah. endeared to these people. Me that, too. I mean, to see them suffer at all was tough. The the one of the first moments I remember sort of getting to that point is how they tell Kit's parents. Yeah, it's, it's not this like super dramatic thing. It's not like an explosive moment or like an overly emotional moment. They actually like they actually pan out and you just see this family talking to each other through a window. There's no audio. It's just a uh, narration from Michael. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. I like part of me really wanted to hear how that went down because we saw how the coming out went down. Yeah. Um, and I, I would have loved to have seen it, but like, I think from in the moment, you're kind of like, Oh, I want to hear that. But you know, that's, that's fine. That's just, that's yeah. someone's personal moment that they decided exactly. to, to actually hold out on in, in a, in a personal story. So, um, and then from there, it's the, it's the battle, as we yep. mentioned, the, the throwing up, the, the keeling over, the, the hair falling out, the, the ups and downs, like, oh, he's getting better. Oh, it got worse. Oh, he's yeah. getting better. Oh, it, oh, their body's not responding to the treatment. Actually, he's better now. And then the final, just like, it's spread everywhere and yeah. you can't do anything anymore. And now it's just about pain mitigation, giving you some <laughs> fancy weed cigarettes yeah. and, uh, and helping you wind down. Um, fun bit they they make the most of their time mm-hmm. they get married which yep. i thought was really cute and also another kind of haha moment where the judge at the courthouse wedding is like saying all the names wrong yep well there's that that funny bit and then of course when they're going up the steps to the courthouse because again because he's a tv writer it's the courthouse that's in every law and order that's yeah, ever been. Yeah, so they just walk through a law and order shot. Right. I Which, loved it. Again, I loved it. Very perfect for the movie about the TV writer. Because um, that's one of those things, like, when you see that on screen, you're like, hey, that's, that's the set of law and order. Yeah. It's like, no, that's actually the New York City courthouse. <laughs> um, and then uh, in, in mixed in between all that, a very nice vacation to the beach with, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Kit's family, which short, but... You know, when when the, when they were filming it, it was like, OK, this is clearly like based on some videos you had some like home videos. And they they do put that in the credits. Mm-hmm. One of the home videos of like, this is something real that happened. And this was a moment that I just wanted to share. Like, yeah, okay, that's um, I, I think that's lovely. One of the things that I think won't be as discussed, but that I appreciated is. The friendship, maybe, I don't even know if friendship is the right word, but just the relationship that develops between Michael and Kit's mom. Yes. They become, they just, they find their own sort of, like, level to be on. Yeah, Kit's mom is a is a triathlete, uh, and then Michael is a jogger. <laughs> the, so they go the through morning more, through after jogs. they tell Kit's parents about the diagnosis, Michael and Kit's mom, I forget her name, go on a run. And <laughs> precious Sally Field, like Michael's just stretching and Sally Field is just walking around in circles, rambling about this woman. I mean, it's obvious just like projection and what, yeah, it's whatever. Her, but just her cheating, she's, she's referencing a woman cheating in this triathlete race, not going through the fight, trying, and, and that's clearly like, as you said, a projection oh, sure. of what Kit's going to have to go through. Yeah, but just the, the, just the pacing in a circle around yeah. Michael was just like such a small thing, and I was just like, I love this so much. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, Sally Field is a national treasure uh, and should be Shh. preserved. Protected at all costs. Um, the I, final kind of yeah. decline. Mm-hmm. He, they're, they're doing Christmas at the, at the house. Kids, watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Kids kind of fading away they take him to the hospital and this is it yep this is it the the nurse is like he's got like six hours more Mm -hmm. or less and it's at this point they bring back the t your life is a tv show bit 
which I thought was amazing. You did. I, that's what I was going to ask. Cause I, it, it, it caught me way off guard. I was sort of like, wait, yeah. whoa, what's happening me here? Too. Um, but you loved it. I did. I, th- I mean, this is, this was the movie's way of basically showing Kit dying. And I thought yeah. it was just so like, and not like not him declining into death. Like this, this is the moment, like when they separate, mm-hmm. that will be it. Yep. Um, you know, there's a fucking PA saying, Kit, come on, we got to go. Kit, come right. on. So, and, my, so and Michael's what, like, no, 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 no. What happens here, but if, is, uh, I mean, at this point, you've probably seen the movie. Maybe you haven't. They're, they're lined together in bed, and then you hear a director yell, cut, and then every, you pan back, and it's all a TV set. And Kit gets up and walks down the hallway to get, like, a drink. And uh, Michael, playing his now TV reporter self, goes to ask him a few questions before, before Kit has to go. Right. Is the idea right? Um, so, this, so Michael gets a few last questions. It, in. it was just so to be okay with him going. So good, yeah. so like uniquely done. I mean, maybe this has been done before, and I just don't remember. But it was a, it was a, a curveball because we we'd done the the TV thing with the, the flashbacks, but at right. that point it was like okay once because we get one last flashback where uh, Michael comes home, he's calling out for his mom, and his mom's not there, so he just sits down and watch TV as he would normally for comfort, uh, which is to say like, this was him when his mom finally died. And so I thought, okay, we're, we're done with that bit. And then for them to come back around and kind of integrate that, that premise, the life as a TV show was, uh, yeah, very well done. Uh, what wasn't, wasn't anticipating it at all. And it, at first it's like, whoa, wait, what is going on here? And then it, what, once you kind of see what they're doing, with, yeah. as you said, the questions and he's got to go. Like, okay. I, it was. It, it makes sense. Flows, flows well. It was like sad. Because yeah. Once you kind of figure out like what that scene is doing, you're just like, oh, okay. But it was. It also wasn't, you know, seeing like the, all the stuff that you don't see when you're watching a TV show. So like literally like the production side yeah, of it the, the it just craft sort of, services it just yeah. sort of softened everything you know it, mm-hmm. in in a good way not in like a diluted way just sort of like i don't know i'm explaining this badly yeah, but it soft, softens the blow it's not it's not as oh my god he's dead just like they okay, separate and died. you see him you see kit go with the production assistant and mm-hmm. that's it it flashes back to real life you hear the flat line you hear what I, I really hope it was Sally Field that was like crying and like because there was a woman in our theater who yeah, was, there was also a woman who was very emotional. I'm not going to judge her, but also like I theater. couldn't tell if it was her or if it was Kit's mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that poor, I, you know, again, this is going to affect some people that have, you know, lost uh, somebody close to you or, you know, a spouse, a boyfriend, a parent, Honestly, especially somebody cancer. I feel like this might be a bit of an overgeneralization, but if you have ever felt love for anyone sure. ever, you will, you will feel this movie. Yeah. If you ever know what it's like to love someone or be loved by someone yeah. or someone that you care about in any sort of like legitimate way, you're going to, you're going to feel things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, like I said, it's an extremely affecting movie. 
it just really hits those emotions, you know? And uh, I, I can't say enough about how it does w- with that. Um, let's see here. They do show a little bit of what happens after Kit passes. They yeah. do like a small <laughs> little yeah funeral what what sorry i'm I'm thinking about the very end of the movie at this point sorry i forgot the funeral in between oh they have a funeral they go on another run together and then uh the funny part i guess well it just he was you we go through the the funeral the eulogy it's all very nice and uh, you know uh, understated uh michael then goes back to his apartment and he's just sitting there uh Living, living the dream, you know, living, being in a New York City apartment, wearing your Smurfs T-shirt, smoking weed, watching Felicity. Uh, yes, that's referenced early on in the movie, by the way. In, very early. Yeah. In the in the Michael Osiello was very involved in Felicity. I think he also appeared on that too. Um, but Kit says, "Is that the show that almost got canceled because of the haircut?" Which I feel like deep deeply deep fans of felicity are like sure. offended by that yeah but we also stand carrie russell so no we slander. stand carrie russell and let's be honest that haircut was a mistake yeah. uh but it's like i think it's the finale of felicity where she gets in a taxi mm-hmm. cab and mm-hmm. goes off the next adventure yeah and so Michael, what does he do he gets in a ta- he puts his luggage in a taxi cab and goes to los, to los angeles, angeles. where this cab driver has intimate knowledge of the 405. <laughs> this New York City cab. He's like, oh, the 405. That just eats you up, doesn't it? And it's just like, what do you know? Yeah. Man? Come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just a funny thing. We, for anybody out there, we live like 200 feet from the 405. Uh, and it's a beast. He uh, was absolutely right. He's not wrong, but it's just like, New York City cabbie, how do you know? Notice how he didn't call it the 405, though. Did he? No, he didn't. Oh. He he says, I think he says that 405. Yeah. But because calling it the 405 is a California yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and presumably it goes off to Los Angeles, live the rest of his life that uh, he's living now. Because he he's still alive. was by coastal for a bit, um, but I don't know if that's still the case now. Because I remember when he got a house in Los Angeles. Again, I follow him on Instagram. I'm not being a creep. Yeah. He got a house in Los Angeles, and I... I I believe he called it like something to do with Smurfs. There were Smurfs everywhere. Well, of course. Yeah. Um, so uh, reception wise, this movie has a 80% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, oh, which seems excellent. Right. An average rating, though, of 6.6. 6, uh, Rotten Tomatoes says that it can be frustratingly uneven, but strong performances from a talented cast Help spoiler alert, stay on the right side of saccharin. I agree with the second part. I don't know if it's frustratingly uneven. I thought, I mean, I I thought it was pretty smooth. I thought it was, I thought I have really, truly like no criticisms. Yeah. Um, in terms of, this is now the second, uh, gay romantic story that we've seen this year. The third one of, of note along with, uh, Fire Island. Yes. We didn't see that, but it, you know, just, terms of things being released uh kind of a moment for that stuff you know yeah. to see some some re- representation of uh of that lifestyle it's um it will unfortunately always probably be compared to bros even though they're not even like remotely close yeah. to the same kind of movie gay romantic 
stories yeah. told uh, really several months apart. Yeah. I think bros kind of like goes out of its way to hit you over the head of like, this is about gay people. Yeah. Whereas this is just, this a movie is about just about people. people. Yeah. yeah. People who are gay. And that's, I, I thought that that was one of the better parts of the movie that it was mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. you know, just again, as we said, natural. Yeah. There was nothing authentic. like natural, authentic. These are just people living their lives, which was great. Like you don't get stories that just are so real like this often. Um, and you know, because some people's real lives are pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. Some people that try to make their real lives more exciting, make movies that are not great. Uh, this is just somebody's incredible true life story. And I'm sure there's some parts that are played up or smoothed over for the sake of, uh, a film as, as they need to be. But as we said, authentic, real, uh, natural. Um, I think, I think this is great. I, you know, I, I, I don't, it's, it's obviously a smaller release. It's not going to get a whole lot of big publicity, but I think that this is, uh, I don't want to call it important or like a landmark sort of thing, but I just think it's, it's a very good movie. Like put, put this on a map somewhere. Yeah. I think it does need to be recognized as just being a, a real good, solid movie. Yeah, I agree. I fully, fully agree. Give my husband a bed. Okay, sir. Okay. Thank you. Well, that was Oscar worthy. You worked for Shirley Midway. So that is our talk on spoiler alert. And you know, as as I the the movie title, while taken from the memoir, I kind of like the full title of the memoir better than I do just spoiler alert. I fully agree with that. I I was surprised that they cut it down. Again, the full title: spoiler alert: colon the hero dies mm-hmm. um, or maybe you call it the hero dies. Maybe that's a little too that's dramatic. Too dark. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, what, uh, what are we doing next? What, what do we well, got? Before we do that, what I just want to say um, again, these are based on real people. And should you feel compelled, please find Michael Osiello on Instagram at Michael Osiello spelled. Michael's spelled traditionally, but Asiello, A-U-S-I-E-L-L-O. Um, on there, you'll see a lot of stuff about this movie right now, of course, um, and then also things from his, his personal life. But one of the things that pops up every now and then is an archived Instagram account that he made for all of Kit's photos. I think that was a big thing that we definitely missed is that Kit is a photographer. Yeah, well, we, met, we mentioned the camera showing up. And, you know, that was something that uh, I thought they were going to do, too, because they kept showing him taking the photos and we saw like the movie version of the photos. I would have liked to have seen like I assume there's like all these photos actually exist somewhere. They do. They are. They're a digital version of them on Instagram. The Instagram is called Kit Cowan Archives, K-I-T-C-O-W-A-N Archives, spelled traditionally. And. While we were recording, truthfully, I was scrolling through that page just to see mm-hmm. if anything popped out. And there are there are there are photos of kits that were that made it into the movie. Um, and so if you just kind of want to learn about this real person or these real people, that's absolutely available to you. I I really like 
Michael Osiello as a person. So I, I'm not saying follow him. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> check it out. Find the Smurf or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about these later. A whole bunch of trailers came out last week. Uh, we don't have to go through them, but or cocaine bear. Well, co- right. We cocaine bear. Uh, we got a new Mario Brothers trailer. There was a Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. There was a Transformers uh, Rise of the Beast trailer. Can I just tell you, I legitimately just deleted the Transformers anything from my brain. I, f- I forgot we watched that. Oh, no, yeah. Beast Wars, baby. With uh, friggin... Optimus Primal. Optimus... Oh, what did I call him the other day? Optimus Primate. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I, we don't need to go into all that stuff now. It, it, it's it's next next year, next June, it's, I think it is. It's movie season, y'all. Next June is like loaded with like, oh, the Indiana Jones trailer came out too. So like you have in the same month, you have Indiana Jones, Flash, uh, Guardians, uh, and um, Elemental, and one other thing. All coming out in like a four-week span in, in next Jesus June. Christ. It's next june is gonna be nuts uh when it comes to movie watching but as we've seen with a lot of these things particularly if you're warner brothers those dates don't necessarily hold yeah so we'll, we'll see how that how that goes did um, you see that thing i couldn't tell if it was fake or not but they said that they were gonna get rid of the hbo of hbo max yeah i saw that they rumored. were just gonna call it max well right because for those again that maybe missed it discovery and uh warner bros uh emerging so now the company's discovery warner bros or warner bros discovery Doesn't i think matter. it's discovery warner bros. um and so in in that way they're going to combine the hbo max and discovery plus streaming services and the rumor and i hope that's not true is that they would rather than make some sort of merged name or discover or, or keep one over the other h h Discover Bo Max. Ma- HBO Max Plus, Discovery Max, something like that. <laughs> They're just going to simplify it all down to just Max, which would suck. Yeah, but it's, I, I actually like H- HBO Max. I like HBO Max. Because it's not HBO Plus. Everything's yes. friggin' plus. Yes. I prefer HBO Max. If, if one of these things has to win out over the other, I would prefer it to be HBO Max. But you got to remember that Discovery is the company that's buying all this stuff. So they want discover their... Max wherever he is. <laughs> I I hope it's not that I you know when it got out there I think I saw it widely panned so I hope Same. that doesn't uh, come to pass whenever that ends up happening sometime next year. Um, but some immediate releases. I mean Avatar, of course. Yeah, Avatar. We'll see comes the out whale next week. probably because. Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Fraser's Renaissance. I've you know people the the media embargo dropped on that and everybody was just effusing praise on it uh, as it was getting throughout the um, festival circuit. Right. So I'm I'm really interested to see that. Babylon. Babylon, uh, the new Damien Chazelle movie with are, Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. Looks are you incredible. gonna get front row tickets to Megan? Oh God, no. <laughs> uh, this is I mean this unfortunately this movie doesn't come out till like the end of January. But I've already seen that trailer one too many times, and I wish to never see it again. But knowing how these things work, a.k.a. I remember the Morbius uh, <laughs> press schedule, we're going to see that trailer for goddamn ever. And I'm, it's going to be like 
should this movie come out three months ago and it will eventually come out and I won't have to see that creepy robotic doll and poor Allison Williams poor flush her career Allison down the, the Williams toilet. what the heck Ugh, good god um, we're gonna go see lots of stuff yeah I mean we, we got all allegedly that. have some time off in the next <laughs> couple of weeks so. uh, the Whitney Houston movies coming out soon uh, mm-hmm. biopic I want to dance with somebody um, plus all the stuff that's currently out Fablemans Fablemans the, the menu, menu um, I know there's streaming stuff like, uh, Glass we, Onion yeah. we missed the Glass Onion in theaters and, and you know a lot of people have already kind of reviewed that but we'll uh, we'll get around to it when it comes out um in uh december 23rd uh she said the harvey weinstein movie came out the last weekend um was it last weekend really yeah it was it was last weekend it came out um that one bombed hard yeah it didn't it didn't do well financially but it it got pretty decent critical reviews good and so and the, the thing that works with all these like we try to do our best to stay on top of these things because we feel like we're uh slightly tapped in just based on our uh what we what we're interested in but uh some of these oscar nominees we don't get around till or potential oscar nominees we don't see until they actually get nominated yeah and you know once they get nominated they get re-released so everybody else can go see them and you know we we try to see what we can but for sure when we get the nominations in february um, no the awards are in february the awards are still in march really yeah they haven't moved that back like so we won't get the nominations till the late, awards late were always on or around my birthday and yeah. i loved that um but yeah so that'll when we get to those we as we've done every year on the instagram which is a dot z underscore movie really? review um we always get around to seeing as many of the nominees as we can i, I believe we saw all of them last we year. we saw all the best picture nominees last yeah, year which is the first time we've ever done that and right. man was it hard yeah well that one was a little bit it was only easier because so much of it streaming. was on streaming i mean but yeah i have a former co-worker who watched every single thing that was In- nominated including like the costume design ones and oh yeah all that. yeah i mean some of those you kind of kill two birds with one yeah, stone yeah, 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 yeah. but also like the commitment Ugh. yeah jessica so you're amazing it, there's there's now from now through the end of the year is when all these things start getting put out so basically uh, in, what in mass, we're saying so. is we'll see you at the movies see you at the movies <laughs>